0: are listening to the 90 days later podcast with anna charles episode 53 welcome to the 90 days later podcast where i show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life if you're not an alcoholic but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no you're in the right place well hello everybody welcome to the podcast what a week it has been anybody was listening I was offering a Black Friday special on my one-on-one coaching package and I've been busy doing lots of consultation calls so if you are listening to this and you are a new client signed up welcome very ha- happy to have you on board and if you didn't because maybe the, you didn't think the time was right for you well keep listening to the podcast and when you are ready I am here for you okay so today i want to talk about the concept of intention courage and commitment and in fact these are the three building blocks of the coaching framework that i have built and that i have used and i feel really strongly about this because i think these three elements taken together creates magic if i look back to you know, when I was starting my journey, I know some of you don't like that word, but anyhow, you know, starting my transformation as somebody who regularly overdrank, who didn't know that there could be fun after alcohol, who literally thought you know, Friday night, two or three glasses of white wine was was re- was really the best thing about a Friday night, and when I look back the path I see that I built for myself was really um, the goalposts along the way, the wayposts along the way were acting with intention, courage and commitment. So that's really what I want to talk about today. And, and I would offer actually that this these three elements, this is a path for a great life, right? To be have the best life for yourself. We happen to be talking here, about drinking and alcohol but I will offer that I have used this in other elements of my life, other areas of my life and you can too. In fact it's good for anything, anything that you want to achieve. That's the really cool thing about it. Okay so let's get started on this. So first I'm going to talk about intention. Now intention is about Deciding what you want, that's what most people I think would say. I've done a little survey, I've asked people, but I think it's actually more than that. It's more than just deciding what you want, it's about deciding and acting with purpose. But I think it's so important, just I want to be really, 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 really simple and really clear here that deciding and acting with purpose in order to transform your life or to bring about a change means it's not a one-off event. I think we get confused about this because we think we're sort of in the space of making a decision. And yes, making a decision is a beautiful thing, right? It's certainly better than just hanging around and wait, waiting for life <laughs> to come and get you and, and do its thing. Making decisions as to where you want to go and what you want to do, great just be prepared that it's going to take more than one decision especially when we're dealing with a habit because so often i see that you know we we say things like okay well, i'm going to do this whatever it is i'm going to i'm going to drink less now right i've decided i mean i am all in i have decided but then a day or two goes by and we find that we're spending our time going back to old behaviors and we're confused by this. Because, well, I decided. What on earth is going on? I decided this. I mean, I really want this. And yet here I am, pretty much back to where I was. Think about what a habit is, though. Any habit. It's just a repeated behavior. All right, so it's not gonna get turned over with just one decision. And I see this particularly strongly or clearly see these one-time decisions that we tend to implement on a monday maybe on the first of the month or even perhaps it sits on your new year's resolution all right Yep, new year's resolution i'm gonna cut back over drinking decided that's it and then we launch into some you know willpowering our way through and i talk about that a lot in other podcasts but here i'm talking about the intention behind our decision and the action acting with purpose that we're willing to put into it we kind of don't follow through on that here's the thing though we need to do these things we need to redecide we need to recommit we need to have intention again and again and again and possibly even again right so check back in with yourself check back in with what you're intending with the decision that you are putting in place and then intending to act upon with purpose. Now, a really beautiful thing about intention is I see it as sprinkling a layer of consciousness on everything you do, which means you're not going to be just going through the motions. To so think about this, let's say you're having breakfast with your spouse. If you are sitting there at the breakfast table and if you're having breakfast with your spouse with intention, what does that mean for you? How does that show up? For me, it's about having a connection with my husband. It's about really listening to what he's saying. It's about paying attention to how the food is tasting, how the cup of tea is tasting, Right? It's kind of like I'm hyper alert and hyper aware of what's going on around me. And all of that, all of those things I've just said, they are super important when it comes to drinking. The moment we start becoming more aware and more conscious of what we're drinking, when we're drinking and why we're drinking, that's when things will start to shift. So let's say you really want to, you're going to get a drink, you really want to have a drink. I want you to ask why. Right, really ask yourself, what are you hoping to gain in that moment through to having that drink? What emotion are you seeking that you don't have right now? Now, it's not about judging you. I'm not judging you, I don't want you to judge you. It's perfectly okay to have a drink. Booze is not sinful, right? But drinking with intention, I will offer, is a completely different experience to just drinking. So that's why intention is so powerful. It kind of um, rocket boosts, if you like, rocket boosts decisions so that you're acting with purpose. Now we come to courage, the emotion of courage. Changing your relationship with alcohol is no walk in the park. Now, that doesn't mean it's complicated, it isn't. It's actually very simple. But it's still not easy, but that's okay. Now you've heard me talking a lot about obviously you know the habit of drinking, and that's what it is. It's just a habit. It really is a habit. Listening to this, you're a high achiever. Got a totally good life. You're not drinking to avoid withdrawal. So drinking, your drinking is like a habit. It's a habit, just like cleaning your teeth or. You're having, you know, knowing without thinking about your the route that you drive to work. So it's a habit, but it's tied to emotions. Like everything we do in our life is tied to how we feel. We want a feeling that we want to get, or we want to escape what we're currently feeling. Now, often in life, we feel as though we're at the result of others and the outside world right as though they are dialing in the tune and we use this in our words we say things like well he made me feel you know dot 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 she made me feel stupid they made me feel embarrassed the advert made me feel like I was deprived all of that language all of these this sensation can make us feel like we're out of control and when it comes to alcohol, that is often a very scary phenomenon, right? And it can be very hard then to feel courageous about this. Sure is. I mean, I remember this, right? If we're feeling out of control and all this stuff is triggering us, how on earth are we meant to feel courageous and good and want to, you know, go and into the face of temptation, as you often will hear me talking about. No wonder... All of that feels difficult and as though you're out of control because you are not in control of the outside world. I mean, that is impossible. But that doesn't matter. You don't need to control the outside world. You just need to control you. So what this means is that you can take your courage and direct it to where it can best be used. Now, the really lovely thing, I think, about... Courage is that it doesn't require that you be fearless. When I'm thinking about being courageous, when I'm the most courageous Anna, I actually like to think of having fear sitting alongside me. Right? Maybe I'm in the car. I put myself in my mind's eye. I'm in the car. I'm in the driving seat, and I've got fear strapped in beside me. But the key thing here that I just said is, I'm the one driving the car. I'm in control. But I can still drive the car and have fear there as my passenger. In fact, in many situations, I almost appreciate and value the fear being there. Because why? It shows me I'm in a situation where I'm going to be calling on the reserves of courage that I have, or I'm actually going to be moving into a challenging situation. This is not going to be a walk in the park. And actually, that motivates me. When we learn... drink differently we are going to fail a lot we are going to try things that don't work we're going to think something's going to work and it doesn't and really that's just part and parcel of it and i actually love it when my clients have failures because always when something doesn't go to plan that's where we learn the most And this is why courage is actually another really brilliant tool to have in your toolkit because it's there, especially when, for those of you who might be thinking, look, I've got to get this right, right? I've been screwing up in this area for years. It's time I've just got to, you know, just got to get my act together. These are the words we use, right? I've just got to get this right. Come on, put on my big girl pants. Got to do this and I've got to get it right. So what happens is, we go around calling this perfectionism right and we say things like well you know i'm i'm not i just haven't been able to do it yet because you know i always have to have get things done perfectly i mean being that's really important to me it's really important that i do something i do something well but really all you're doing by waiting and pushing back and saying you know you'll do you'll take action when you can do it perfectly is that that's actually fear showing up in a different, in a different guise. And it's again the fear of failure, though. And here's what I heard someone say, and I think it was Becca Pike. I love her work. She said that perfectionism is the very lowest standard because it's unattainable. What? You might be saying that was certainly my first reaction, right? But think about it, people go to perfectionism as an explanation because it looks kind of safe, right? And it's like they're trying to say, look, oh, no, 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 my standards, my standards are high. My standards are way higher than anyone I say no. And so what they end up doing is they create this imaginary standard that they cannot possibly reach. And then they convince themselves therefore that there's, there's no point taking action right now because they can't hit the standard, but it's probably never gonna be able to hit that standard. So they will stay stuck. It takes, my friend, huge courage to just give something a go. Like just to have a go and to be willing with the result. And I see this with such love for every single one of my clients. We get on the phone and we we work through stuff and I see them trying stuff and failing and being willing to give it. And we know we dissect on what's gone wrong. And the thing I come back to again and again and again is back yourself. Back yourself whatever the result. It takes courage to go to the bar armed with a drink plan and to be really just willing to give it a go. And I mean really willing to give it a go because see what most people do when they want to change their relationship with alcohol, and you see this all the time on all the message books and in the groups and so on, is avoid temptation. Just avoid, distract yourself and then the moment will pass or get rid of all the booze in the house, don't go out to the bar, stop going to meet your friends, all these things. But what I offer is that, what well, life just is just going to carry on. So let's say you take yourself off into a cave somewhere, a modern-day cave. And you you distance yourself from every single temptation there's ever going to be around booze. At some point, unless you're going to live like a hermit, you are going to come across your favorite drink. Or you're going to see someone drinking or someone's going to ask you what do you want to drink. And you really need to be able to handle those situations. So the way you handle those situations is to have the courage to face them and then to, you know, try out what try out new approaches and figure out what works. So here's how that shows up. So I said just now, so you're going to the bar with your drink pan and you're really willing to give it a go. I want you to have the courage as you go into that bar to feel the feelings of want. be willing to desire the white wine or the beer or whatever whatever you drink i want you to have the courage to answer all the well why aren't you drinking questions i want you to have the courage to give it a go and possibly mess up and then the courage to learn from that and then to do it again try it maybe adjust one percent and give it another go another element another reason why I go to courage so much in my work and personally actually in my life too is I think it takes huge courage actually to change your beliefs now a belief is a thought that you have thought so often you're no longer questioning and you can hear me say that I said yeah okay mm, noted that's what a belief is but we can feel really emotionally connected to our beliefs they have served a purpose in our lives thus far for instance they connect us to the pack to our friends to our family connection is important to us humans we are pack animals right so if you have a group of heavy drinking friends or if you say what my family always drinks at christmas right we have these situations in our lives and we live with these as truths it's really true anna have a heavy drinking friends that's who they are right and it's just expected that you know for me to carry on with the friendship i need to drink so we kind of explain away to ourselves our behavior again this is that lack of control coming up right we often say i really would want to change but and then we trot out all these reasons why it's hard and maybe because we've always I've always drunk, or my friends won't talk to me, or they'll tell me I'm boring, or you know my family will, will, will ostracise me, or whatever it is, right? So it can actually feel equally uncomfortable when we actually realise that we are the ones in charge, because my friend, if you're listening to this, then you are, right? So that takes courage, I said just now, right? That we're the ones in charge, we're in control. But there's a big difference between realising that we're in control and we can change things, that we can do that. And then actually taking the steps to do that, well, that requires another level up of courage. And that's when actually all the excuses will start. Why we'll worry about being judged by others. It's going to feel really uncomfortable I couldn't possibly do that. I mean, what if I offend her if I say no to drink? Or somebody buys you a drink after you said no, and you're not going to want to sit it there and let it go? You no, know, let the white wine warm up and go to waste. I mean, people are aghast at the very suggestion, even though what you want for yourself is to not drink that wine. Right? It takes courage to step into these shoes. It takes courage to become that person but the beautiful thing is that courage itself is an emotion that can actually power you through doing all these things I often talk about putting yourself first and I think that has its place here in this episode today because putting yourself first these days is often seen almost as a bad thing right that we should always be putting others first and you hear this, don't you? If it's, even if you're the one who's not drinking, you're being so selfish. Who am I going to drink with? Right? You're such a party pooper. Since when did you decide that you weren't going to drink with me? But listen, what those people are telling you, what they're doing at that moment, all they're doing is they're thinking about themselves, even though they're positioning it all about you. Right? So when they say You're being so selfish, who am I gonna drink with? What they're thinking is, who am I gonna drink with? Right, they're just almost kind of trying to badger you and they might not even know they're doing this. It might not be done with any malicious intent, but they very seriously are thinking about putting themselves first. But when you then step into that and put yourself first, you become more of who you are. And this also means you're gonna be able to give more. I remember so clearly, this shifting for me, right? I was having some good success with changing my drinking. I was really whopping down my desire for it, making some good progress. I truly, truly got to the point where I didn't want to drink. Where I didn't sort of feel held back. It was just, it was okay. Maybe it wasn't, I wasn't yet at the point where it's better, but I was too, supremely okay. And then a very good friend challenged me on it. I guess... I would say my excuse would be I was was caught unawares, but anyhow, I was challenged on it. Gone. who am I gonna drink with? You're so boring. And I even ended up saying, I remember this, okay, I'll drink if you want me to. Gulp, right? I'm not proud of that moment. I mean, talk about giving my power away. In that instant, I was operating completely devoid of courage went out the window I was all about people pleasing putting the person first you know I was sort of like second rate in that moment but talking with you now thinking back to that time I'm actually grateful to that moment grateful for that for what happened there because it hit me right boom I realized I hadn't acted with intention no one forced me to take that drink for sure it was me who decided to go ahead and do it but I did it without zero, with zero intention, right? I was literally going through the motions. There was zero courage behind the action. Totally wimped out. I didn't even want it. I mean, that was a crazy thing, right? I really didn't even want it. So here I was able to not take it. I'd already said I don't want it. I'd been practicing that for, for a long time at that point. But I just kind of wimped out. But again I'm so grateful for that because at that moment it's so crystallized so crystallized in my memory that I completely get it when my clients tell me that they talk about this being hard or when they drank when they didn't plan to because it means I can be alongside them I know how that feels and then we just decide with intention or they decide with intention what they're going to do next time. Now the third element of my coaching framework is commitment. Commitment to me is a very, very strong emotion. It's all about being willing to keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. Be willing to do something badly and for that to be okay. I often talk about the concept of practice makes efficient. In fact, I have a podcast on that very topic. And I say how that concept of practice makes efficient is more powerful when changing something like your drinking, right, I think, than to say, "Well, practice makes perfect," because when we're not perfect, right? We say we we talk we're talking about being perfect, and then when we're not perfect, we flail and then we give up, we beat ourselves up, and I see this time and again with my clients. And we we often compare what we're learning with drinking to things like learning to drive, riding a bike, and so on. And I make those comparisons too to so to show that it takes time to you know, really uh, become good at something. But I think it's more subtle than that. Of course, it takes practice to ride a bike. We've all been there, scraped our knees, falling off until we get it right. But drinking is a life skill. And so many people tell me they kind of think that we should know how to do it. In fact, Pretty much everyone I speak with refers to someone they know who has no trouble at all doing this, right? They, they know how to moderate. They can just have half a glass and that's it. And when they tell me this, I know they're operating with the inbuilt assumption that there's something wrong with them because they struggle to do this same thing, right? So I always say rather than aiming to be perfect, aim for being efficient. And this is back really to the elements of intention and consciousness. Right, so think about it one of the reasons we drink we reach for a drink at trigger times is because we have that association right most people get that coming from work have a drink but that association is further enhanced behind the scenes because the brain loves to be efficient if you teach your brain to drink when you get bad news and that then you feel better if only in that moment, when well, you're gonna teach it to run the drinking program every time you get bad news. And it'll just keep on doing that because our brain loves to save energy because it leaves all the other brain processing power available to do stuff that is new or hard. For instance, if you want to learn a new dance routine, a new recipe, or if you've just started a job, or even when you upgrade your phone and you have to learn all the new functions and so on, right? It's gonna push all these other, this other stuff, these sort of repeated behaviors into uh, background processing because it's more efficient. So there is a lot to be said when you're changing your drinking habit to decide with intention what you want to be achieving. For instance, I'm not gonna drink before I go out tonight. I'm just gonna drink out. Then to have the courage to feel whatever comes up during that time when you're not drinking And then to do it again and again and again and again with commitment. And each time it doesn't work out because it'll happen a lot. And I always tell people this and I don't think they ever believe me, but it will happen a lot. Ask why it didn't work, adjust and do it again. Which means you stay committed to your outcome throughout. And in fact, a beautiful side to this is that you are committing to you. feels powerful, doesn't it? This is all related to putting yourself first. Because think about how often do we commit to others, right? To work on their projects or, you know, to go out with a friend. And then we don't blow off their appointments. You know, we keep our commitments to others. I mean, even in the example that I gave above where I drank because someone challenged me on not drinking, right? I was actually in that moment committing to their goals, putting their goals before mine. You see that happen, how that happens? when you start to truly commit to yourself, I'm telling you, it feels so strong. Now this doesn't mean you don't commit as much to others, it doesn't mean you commit less to others, it just means you actually do commit to yourself. So there we are, today I've been talking about my coaching framework of intention, courage, and commitment, and how these three elements all play together. It's about having an intentional thought, and then following through with action on purpose be courageous enough to feel all the feelings and just commit to yourself that you're gonna do it, that you're gonna try and you're gonna learn and if it doesn't work out, you're gonna do it again. And this is all wrapped up in honoring your goals as though your life depends on it because actually it does. You only get this one life. So that's it for today but if you need help transforming your relationship with alcohol, let's chat. Having a coach alongside you is the quickest way to get the result you want. And as I said, you just get this one life. No use hanging around waiting for the perfect time to do this. Let's just get started right now. If that sounds the sort of thing you want, go to 90dayslater.co and click on the big blue button to book a call with me. All right, I'll see you all next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.